Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now, Father, and I say thank you. Just thank you for this day, God. Thank you for waking us up, God, to, in, a, in a refreshing way, God, to, to have another opportunity to glorify you, God. Another opportunity to get it right. That's right. To get it right. We know that you'll be working in us throughout the rest of our lives, God. And right now, God, I say, uh, just touch our hearts. Speak to our hearts. Open our minds to your word, Lord. And I ask that you move me aside and let your word come through to your people, God. That they hear the voice of you through your word, God. I pray over these saints in the house today, God. I bless them and bless their families, God. Bless those that are, are watching live stream. Bless them and their families. Bless those that are on the way, God. We're here to honor you today, God. So move us aside and you have your way. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is great to see y'all in the house uh, today. It was an honor to be back uh, before you today. The holidays bring some distractions, but it's time to get back to God. It's time to get back to God. And this year has been a year that has been very familiar to the Bibles and to the stories in the, in the Bible. Like in Exodus, many of God's people have been wandering in the wilderness a little too long. 2023 may have been a wandering wilderness year for you, but God wants to deliver you out of that state. But you have to want it. You can't just say you want it and do nothing about it. You have to put in the effort to get back to God. We have to trust God and we have to obey God. As this year of 2023 comes to a close and the new year of 2024 enters in, there will be a lot of promises from us to God. I saw this uh, familiar quote this week. It says that you are what you do, not what you say you will do. And I think that should be the Christian motto of this year. It should be Capital City's motto for this year. Because God is not taking our word for it anymore. We failed at it. Lie after lie, story after story. False promises. And can you blame them, right? Can you blame them? But we serve a good God, don't we? We serve a God of many, many chances. So no matter the lies, no matter how far you may have strayed or drifted away from God in 2023, as long as you got breath in your body, there's a way back in 2024. 2023 may have been a rough year for you. Physically, financially, but most important, spiritually. You may have been, been drifting in your faith or you don't feel the same way that you felt when you first came to Christ. 
Maybe you haven't picked up a Bible in years. Maybe you have rarely been in service or, or rarely prayed, and when you did pray, it was empty. It was empty. And you are not sure what happened. You are not sure if God even hears you anymore. What happened? What in your life changed? Maybe you've had one of those years where you felt like, uh, I really, I really don't feel God's presence in my life. That could have very well been your year in 2023. Drifting happens when you lose focus. When you lose focus. Like in any other love relationship, when you lose focus, when your heart loses focus, when your mind loses focus, when your eyes loses focus on the one you love, you begin to drift and your love begins to fade. See, it happens when something else comes into focus. It happens when the world comes in to focus. When the world comes in to focus, gets our attention. The lust, the lust of the eyes. And the world's focus begins to fill your heart and fill your mind with its care. And the cares of this world, the desires of our own flesh, the deception of this world, the deception of Satan, and yet we long to be close to God, right? And if we can't accomplish that, we tend to give up. We tend to give up and go our own way. And then sometimes we look for a source of, of blame or a source of, of fault. But we must acknowledge that our failures, our shortcomings, our drifting are not the fault of, of God, not the fault of others. See, it's not the, the fault of God when our, if our relationship with God is strained right now. It's not. It's not the fault of God if, if we don't feel close to God. The Bible says that God's love is impartial and it has no favor. See, you and I have the same opportunity to receive God's blessings and God's favor as any other saint. The psalmist says this, the Lord withholds no good thing from those who do what is right. Hallelujah. I love God's promises because they give us no excuse. But the problem is, we sometimes think our way is right because it's our life. Because it's our life. The story of Israel throughout the Bible was one of struggle. One of struggle. And, and most of the time, why did Israel struggle so much? Well, just like you and I, right? Israel had a long history 
of wandering far from God, disobeying his holy commandments. <laughs> Sound familiar? And time and time again, God in his infinite love and his never-ending mercy called his people to repent and come back to him. Who is God calling out of the wilderness state today in this room to come back to him? Malachi 3, 7 says, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. He says, return to me and I would return to you, says the Lord Almighty. When God says return to me, it is an expression of the idea of turning back, coming back to a place that one had experienced before. Now, just like the children of, of Israel, we've all tasted the sweetness of God. We've all seen the goodness of the Lord. See, God doesn't want his children out there wandering off in the wilderness. God wants his children to return to his goodness. See, God wants his people who may be present, but far away in their minds and in their hearts, his people who may be in spiritual rebellion to repent of their sins and come back to a place of wholehearted obedience and devotion to the Lord. But in our rebellion, we think our way is better than God's way. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There is a way. A man stands at the crossroads choosing between two paths to follow. One leads to life. The other leads to death. God offers a way of life. But we, mankind, consistently chooses the other way. And according to the Bible, when a man and a woman chooses to go their own way, opposite of the way of God, it leads to death. Clearly, it leads to death. See, people want to choose for themselves what's right. But no matter, the, no matter how convincing the, the, our ideals or actions may be, if they don't align with, with God's plans and God's standards, they will likely lead to unexpected consequences, folks. Doing things our way, which is the very definition of sin, will lead to spiritual death. See, the problem <laughs> with worldly human wisdom is that it seems right. <laughs> it seems uh, very right. And, and without com comparison to, 
the divine perspective of, of, of God it seems very good to a man. Because before we knew God's way, we just knew our way was the right way, right? See, the human strategies of life have a bunch of people uh, convinced because the human strategies of life appeal to our self-centered emotions. The way of the world appears, appeals to our very flesh. So it seems right to us in many ways until we know God. But those who know the way but refuse to go the way and won't seek God's opinion regarding the, the right pathway of life, they will have to pay a high price in the end a high price in the end. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the, is the way of death. Proverbs 14, 14. The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit <laughs> of his ways. The backslider at heart. See, Jesus said in Matthew, those people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are where? Far from me. The backslider lives in the past, not in God's presence, where God wants you. What goes around comes around. See, a person who, who a person leads, a person's life, whatever life they, they lead, determine how they will experience life. If you want a better quality of life, then choose that way, right? We all want help. We all want a better life. Why don't we choose it? God offers it. Why don't we choose it? When we struggle in this world, we struggle every day, and we just can't get over the struggle, what path have you chosen? See, we have no excuses. God has laid the plan, the foundation for our life to us. He has given it to us here, the foundation to our life. If you're tired of struggling, you're tired of being disappointed, you're tired of loneliness, God has laid the foundation. See, people who turn their hearts and affections away from God, rejecting him and going their own way, such people will experience the miserable consequences of their decisions sooner or later. Sooner or later. Know that God knows the unspoken words of our heart, church. Now, in these next few verses, James deals with the question we all ask at some point. What is the way back. What is the way back? When you have wandered away, when you have fallen into sin, when you have compromised with the world, what is the way back? Well, James says this in 4.7. He says, submit yourselves then to God. Submit yourselves then to God. 
To be a Christian is to be spiritually married to God. It is to be the spouse of God. See, we have been called in a love, into a love relationship with God. Our Christian life should be a life of romance with God. A romance with God deeply loving you and you loving him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And if you don't passionately love God, but instead love the world, then that's spiritual adultery. You're cheating on God. <laughs> but God is not going to grant you a divorce. That's the good news. <laughs> He's not going to grant you a divorce. No matter how much you stray, no matter how much you've cheated on God is not going to grant you that divorce. So submit yourselves then to God, the one who truly loves you. And he says, resist the devil. See, who are we to blame if in 2023 the devil has gotten the best of us? Who are we to blame if Satan has penetrated our minds and our hearts to make us weak in our faith, to hinder us from the things of God, who are we to blame? It's only because we allowed it. It's only because we allowed it somewhere in the mix, we are not believing enough. Somewhere in the mix, we are not believing God or taking God at his word enough. Somewhere, we are not being faithful enough. We are not trusting God enough. Or just maybe we don't love God as we really say we do. See, the devil's only power over you is what you allow him to have. What you allow him to have. So if Satan is always attacking you to the point of hindering you from the things of God, 2024 has to be a year you submit yourselves to God. Truly, because we can't serve two masters. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And the word promises that he will flee. He will flee. In verse 8 says this, come near to God and he will do what? Come near to you. How simple, right? Come near to God and he will come near to you. James promises that when we resist Satan, he will leave. And here he calls us to draw near, excuse me, to move closer to God. You have drifted too long. <laughs> you have drifted too long. The way back to God, being close to God, is totally dependent of his willingness to have us back. To have us back. Even in our rebellion, even in our committed adultery, even in our sin, God wants you back, church. And he's calling you out. Return to me. Re 
return to me. Now, yet, even in your sin, return to me. Return to the Lord, for your God is gracious. He is abounding in love. He's slow to anger. He says, return to me and I will what? Return to you. See, because if we had, our, we had the power to, to live a transformed life on our own, we would do it. We would need God's grace. But we don't. We don't. So we have to return to God. We must draw near to God. We must come into his presence with prayer, praise, and obedience. And if we only reserve that for today, for Sunday, church, we're missing it. We're missing it because it's not enough. Seven days in a week, 24 hours in a day. And James gives us the promise, we have to believe it and obey it. That in 2024, if we make the effort to move closer to God, God will respond by moving closer to us. In verse 14, James tells us that when we do drift off into temptation, we have no one to blame. No one to blame. He says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted or to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own, from our own desires, which entice us and drags us away. Now, do I have any witnesses in here that, that we are in control of the voice we chose, we choose to listen to. That we are in control of what we choose to do. That when we stray away from God, that is our very own decision. See, we as Christians must distinguish between trial and temptation. Temptation is a solicitation to do evil usually relating to Satan. See, in Jesus' prayer, he told his disciples to ask God, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So God doesn't tempt us. Satan tempts you to, to do evil. He tempts you to, to live your own way, to go your own way. He tempts you to sin. He tempts you to stray from God, but know anything that Satan does, God has to what? Allow it. Allow it. So just like Job, God may allow Satan to tempt you, but only to test your faithfulness to him. How many times we fail that test? How many times we failed the test of God's faithfulness by giving in to Satan's temptation. Now understand, Satan can't make you sin. 
Satan can't make you sin. He can only tempt you. But just like a, a coach, Satan studies the film of your life. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your tendencies. He knows your desires. He knows those evil desires that you hide within you. He knows them. He knows what appeals to your flesh. See, and so Satan tempts you with your own desires, with your very own desires. It's like putting cheese in front of a rat to catch it. He puts your desires before you to get you to stray away from God. How many times we went for that one, right? If we're honest, right? So we chase after our own fleshly desires. No one's really pulling us away. We're pulling ourselves away from God. And we have to leave that in 2023, church. See, it's not their fault for placing it there. It's our fault for chasing it, right? <laughs> it's our fault for chasing it. But nothing is going to change in your life if you don't get fed up. Nothing is going to change in your life if you don't get fed up. You will continue the cycle in 2024 if you don't get fed up with the way your life is going, with the way things are going in your life. If temptation and sin or just the difficulties of life have gotten the best of you, this is the key that will lead you back to God. When we can't blame God, when we can't blame others, when we have to look where? Inward. Inward. We have to look inward and get fed up. We have to look at our own laziness towards the things of God, towards our service unto God. We have to look at our own stinginess towards God, our own rebellion, our own uh, disobedience toward God. We have to look at ourselves, our own unfaithfulness towards God. You have to get fed up with yourself. Get fed up with sin after sin, mistake after mistake. We have to get fed up with bad choice after, after bad choice. Temptation that, that leads us away from the Lord. We got to get fed up, church. We got to get fed up. This can't be a, same, this can't be a new year and the same of us. Can't happen. What are you using the definition of a new year for? What is your plan for a new year? It should start with God. Set the spiritual plan out there. And everything else will fall into place. See, our looks can't do anything for the condition of our hearts and minds. Our outward appearance can't bring us the spiritual uh, knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that we so desperately need. I want to be healthy, but the gym can't do anything for me spiritually. 
So understand, nothing is going to happen until you, until you get fed up, church, until you get dissatisfied with the way your life is going. Until you get tired of being tired, nothing is going to change. So we don't want to hear about you being tired until you get fed up with it to seek God's way. And we probably say, well, why would God allow us to get to this point where we're feeling like uh, just giving up? Well, that's God just allowing you to be you. God allowing you to live your life how you choose to live it. God is not going to go against your will. He's not. If you don't want it, God is not going to force it on you. He's not. And we can't either. I can't. See, God doesn't want you to waste your life, but until you get fed up, he might not help you either. And then you say, well, where's God? Are you fed up? <laughs> Are you fed up? Because if you're not fed up, you're going to have one foot in and one foot out. And you're wasting God's time. You're wasting his time. He can be bestowing his blessings, his favor on somebody else who's committed instead of trying to woo you to come in. How many times is he going to woo you? We better grab hold. We better grab hold while we still can, while there's still time. God woos you. Grab hold to it. Grab hold to it. See, if we're serious about getting back to God, then the next thing we must do, church, is own up to our sin. Own up to our sin. If we're serious, right? We have to own up to why we find ourselves drifting. Own up to why we don't, won't, won't serve God. Own up to, to, to why we don't tithe to God. Own up to why we're not present for God. See, own up to, to why we are not living for Jesus Christ. Own up to why we haven't surrendered our total life under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Own up to it. Because whatever is holding you back, Whatever is holding you back, whatever you have allowed to hold you back from giving your total attention, your total focus, your total life to Jesus Christ, church, that is your sin. That is your sin. Whatever is holding you back, that is your sin, and you got to own up to it. Whatever your excuse is that is your sin if you're looking for that sin that is it whatever holds you back from committing to the Lord Jesus Christ that is your sin your excuse is your sin and you have to own up to it Isaiah 59 2 says this 
It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Many Christians believe that because it's not physical sin, because we're not out murdering anyone, we're not out stealing or robbing, that we have no sin. But the very definition of sin is just doing what you want to do. It's going in the opposite way of God. Isaiah 59, 2, if, your sin, if it's your sins that have cut you off from God, because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Why would we play with this? Why would we want to experience the deaf ear of God? Why? Why would we take this for granted as though God is a joke? Why would we go out and commit knowingly sin and then come back and pray to God and say, God, forgive me for this one. Grab hold to him while you still have time. Because this could be us. God would, could turn that deaf ear to us. He could. Our life is not getting longer, it's getting shorter. Shorter. See, we all know the requirements of our faith. The faith has put on our lives. We know the requirements. And if we're not in line with, with living for our faith, then we're not in right standings with God. Simple as that. If we're not in line with our faith, we're not in right standings with God. I don't care who you are. Who you are. See, the Lord is here, our focus, our center focus. We can't be over here in the wilderness, lost somewhere. We can't be. That means we're not connected to the source, to the power, to the spirit. Mm. We're living on our own, church, because we're not connected. The Spirit is the leader. He is the leader. And you're wandering off in the wilderness because you are not connected to him. He's there, but you're not connected to him. Let him lead. <laughs> Take the pressure off yourself in 2024 and let him lead. I promise you will not regret it. Let them lead you on your job. Let them lead you in your homes, your relationships, in your marriages, in your friendships. Let them lead with your children, with your grandchildren. Let them lead. Let them take that flesh away from you, those desires that are not of God. Let them take that away from you. How many times does the Spirit of God tell you, don't do it, put it down, don't go that way? How many times? have hold to it. This is a new year coming up, but who's to say we will see the end of it? 
Who's to say? We read here where the Lord through Isaiah spoke to many people who committed many sins. And only if they had followed through with God's agenda, doing things God's way instead of their own way, spiritual blessings would flow. Prosperity would flow. Their recovery, their restoration will come quicker. Their deliverance will come quicker. When they call upon the Lord, he will answer. But these things hinge on the people restoring their true worship to God. See, it was the disobedience, the iniquities of the people that separated them from God. They refused to recognize their sins. That's why God had refused to listen to their prayers. See, God was willing, God was not willing to bless them regardless of their actions because he knew their heart wasn't committed to him. You can play Christian all day long. God knows whether you're committed or not. The Lord does not grant his gracious presence to them, but he stands out of distance from those. Out of distance. Have you ever felt like God is a million miles away and you ask yourself where that comes from, where it comes from your sins? It comes from your rebellion. You living your own way instead of God's intended way for you. Your sins have separated you from God. God has given you that deaf ear. So if you feel far from God, it wasn't God who moved, right? It wasn't God who moved. God has always been there for us. God loves us unconditionally. And he's waiting for us to own up to our sins so we can have a right relationship with him again. See, don't, don't be deceived. If we're not owning up to our sins, our relationship is not right with God. It's not. Isaiah, uh, John, 1 John 1.8 says this, If we claim to be without sin, church, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We're going to leave that sin in 2023. I'm sorry. That, that willing sin. Sin will always be enough, but that willing sin, we're going to leave that in this year. See, we as church members, as the body of Christ, has to do a better job of owning up to our sins. Because there's no one in here that's sinless, right? See, many people won't step foot in the church because they think the church is filled up with perfect people. Now, we, we will never compromise our faith to appease no one. But perfect people can't help an imperfect world. That's why it's important that we share our testimonies. That's why it's important that we share our testimonies so people can realize 
that, yeah, we are just alike. Familiarity brings community. So many people out there are just like you, but you won't tell them. So they're afraid to come in because they think they're strangers in here. But we all alike. We're all alike. And people need to know that. Yes, we're not going to compromise for you, but we are alike. I, I have, the Lord has helped me overcome what you're going through now. So let me help you. Let me help you. Let me lead you to the one who helped me, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. 1 John 1, 9 through 8 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out of a liar and his word is not in us. People get offended when we talk about sin. But that's, you know, our makeup, you know. If we don't say nothing about it, people are going to think it's okay. In the Bible, you read about sin all the time. And people, what, uh, again, I can't stress this enough. So many people, I, I, mm, someone dear to me said, sin, I don't, I don't sin. And it, and it hurt in my heart. It only hurt in my heart because um, they didn't know. So I had to inform them. You know, you know the, the very fact of you not even knowing the Lord. Wait. I don't do nothing. I, I just stay home. <laughs> well, you stay home in your sin, right? That, you know, that's not safe to let people uh, get away with that, you know? Even though they're not out here robbing and stealing and taking, just because you're home and you have no connection with the Lord, you're living in sin, in rebellion. Rebellion, you ain't got to kill nobody, you ain't got to rob nobody. You ain't got to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. If your heart ain't for the Lord, you're living in sin. And he knows the heart, so we can't judge you, but he knows, and we know that he knows. Confession is the expression of our ongoing experience as Christians, church. Confession. And John is saying here, how we as Christians deal with sin and our sinful nature, we confess it. <laughs> Get the pressure off. We confess it. And we're comforted in our repentance and confession by the truth and faithfulness and the righteousness of God to forgive us. That's why it's okay to confess it. Because our righteous God, our faithful God, will forgive us. Will forgive us. So it's okay. You don't have to hide behind your sin. God wants you to confess it. He wants to free you of your sin. That's what he wants. This is not a one-time thing. Our confession, our repentance will happen over and over in our lives, church. If we're honest, 
if we're honest. Confession. And so our proper attitude to sin is not to deny it, that we have a sin problem, but it's to realize the ongoing reality of sin and then being ready at heart to confess it to God. Simple way is this. No one has to know what your sin is. But I want to remind you, if you're carrying the burden of sin today, give it to God. You don't have to give it to him here. You can go home and give it to him. But make sure you give it to him. Turn it over uh, to him. Get it off yourself. And when you fall back into sin, give it back to him again in repentance. So if we desire to get back in right standings with God, the first thing we must do is be honest with ourselves. Honest with ourselves. And finally, once we have been cleaned up and and everything, we must offer ourselves up as living sacrifices to God. Romans 12.1. Once you confessed it, gave it to God, once you recognized your sin and owned up to it, Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's all he asks. That's all he asks. He says, let me clean you up. Let me clean you up so you can go to work for me. Let me clean you up and shine you up. Let me clean you out and set you out in front of these people so they can show, so you can show my goodness, so you can show my glory, so you can show my grace, so you can show my mercy, (laughs) so you can show my love. Because all of us represent those things. That's who the Christian is. See, true surrenderance happens when our heart moves from self-centeredness to God-centeredness. It's the heart. See, we understand that it's not something that happens overnight. It never will. But know that God will be working in your life every day of your life until you get it right. But you have to make the decision first. You have to make the decision to first get back to God. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now, Father, and I just say thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us clarity, God. Clarity, understanding, God. Father, I pray that we take this word with us, Father, as we go out today, Father, and and as we uh, celebrate this incoming new year, Father, I pray for the rest of this day over everyone here, everyone that's live streaming, that we are allowed to see the rest of this day, God. And I pray that we use it wisely, God. That we don't indulge in the things of the world, but we indulge in the things of the Spirit. That we go on to live a life not pleasing the world, but living a life that pleases you, oh Lord. Lord, I ask that you just speak to our hearts. 
Turn our hearts back to heaven. Turn our minds back to heaven. Turn our desires back to heaven, God. Yes, we may have strayed, we may have drifted, we may have wandered, God. But now we want to come back home. <laughs> we want to come back home, God, to your, to your gracious, your, your goodness, God. We have tasted and seen, God, and we want more, God. The world can offer us what you offer them, God. So, God, I just ask you to just bless your people today. Keep them in all their ways, God. And I pray for a new beginning. A new beginning, God. That we don't enter into this new year the same old vessels, God. Father, I thank you. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, the altars are open.